We here at the Abbey Normal Podcast support local businesses, and we are so excited to announce that Rochester's own Fright Rags is sponsoring this week's episode. Fright Rags was founded by horror fans to provide high-quality merchandise for fellow horror fans with a wide variety of products and collections from franchises such as Halloween, Jaws, Evil Dead, and more. What I love about Fright Rags is the different designs and colors of shirts. I mostly wear dark colored clothes, but every once in a while I'll throw on some green or purple or even red articles of clothing. Fright Rags offers various styles of shirts from men's tees, women's tees, baseball style t-shirts, and even tie-dye t-shirts. As some of you may know, I work in a professional office building and part of my wardrobe is pressed pants, button-up shirts, and the occasional polo shirts. Which is great because Fright Rags not only sells printed t-shirts, but officially licensed polo shirts with movie logos embroidered onto the front pocket. Check out their website at www.frightrags.com and as of now our listeners can use the promo code ABBYNORMAL10 to get 10% off their first Fright Rags order. That's A-B-B-Y-N-O-R-M-A-L-10. So get your Fright Rags made by the fans for the fans. The following episode contains major plot points that may spoil movies for some viewers. A spoiler warning is now in effect. Hi! Good to see you! <laughs> it's recording, honey. Oh, hi! Welcome to a... <laughs> Actually, that's a pretty good intro. I'm going to leave that in there because that was funny. Please do. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another fun-filled episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. And we have a special one for you today, another special episode with our good friend who is a big fan of the show and she likes to talk to us about, you know, when we do episodes and talk about what we talk about. And she's actually our go-to movie date pal. Yeah, we we go go to to a lot of movies with her, yeah. Yeah, we've actually, like, she was the friend I went to a couple weeks ago and we went and saw Pearl together. She's been to a few Marvel movies with me. We've seen, um, we've seen scary movies together. We've seen... But we actually, one time, we saw Hotel Transylvania 2. You even went to go see one of the Star Wars movies together, didn't you? Yeah, she was the one that noticed that I cried. Yeah, and I she, tried to hide she texted it. me, too, when you guys were seeing that movie. She's like, oh my god, he's crying. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she and I get along pretty well. Like, yeah. And when I say pretty well, I mean we have a good time together, like, busting your chops. Like, they're besties. They gang up on me all the time. Well, and also at one point in time, Carolyn used to be my boss at the portrait studio that I used to work for. Mm, I introduced you to her. Yeah, and yeah. it was awesome because she and I would talk about you. We would talk about some of our friends and our, like, group of friends together. Yeah, and but mostly the, talk the about people, me. The people that we worked with were really cool, too. Like, we had a friend named Malcolm Whitfield. He's still our friend. And from here, he is a local stand-up comedian, but he moved to California and is still doing stand-up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Actually, Adam Kramer's wife, Andrea, was another co-worker of ours during that time together. And it was really cool to have all of us kind of, like, work together. We had a really good time. And then I left. And then shortly after I left, the portrait studio closed down. I felt like I would have been great for the job. Because if that place didn't close down, I would have been perfect for that place. You want to know what's weird? 
You were the unofficial employee who was better at the job than I was. You didn't take pictures, but you knew how to make kids laugh, which was something that I could never do. I know, and you saw me and you were shocked. No, like, you worked with one of our photographers who was working with a family that you knew personally. Mm -hmm. So you were making the kids laugh, and they got really good smiles out of it. They got really nice pictures, and I think your friend actually bought, like... A package, package, yeah. not the, the special, but like an actual package, package, the package, package, yeah. right? The ultimate package, right? And yeah. it's like that's cool. Like mm-hmm. you made it work, even though you weren't working there, you helped out and you made people love their pictures. Yeah. I could never do shit like that. That was always my problem with. I was never the assertive type to tell people how to pose or. Well, I just got a compliment get... the other day at work. Yeah. Like this lady was saying to one of my colleagues, saying that Colin Bourne was actually very well. He was very efficient and so nice. And That's I'm good. Like, and I'm thinking to myself, what's efficient? Efficient. I think it's just <laughs> the fact that you like you seem very not only professional but like you know what you're doing. And what's really interesting about you too is that you just show up to different like places, like different businesses and establishments, and people want to hire you. I've noticed yeah, that about Spencer's, you. Yeah, with Spencer's. Spencer's did that with you. <laughs> and I actually did get the job. So moving forward, it's been a week since we talked about horror movies. Mm-hmm. And in the past week, there's been a lot of stuff that's been coming out on streaming services that have been really interesting. And we can name a lot. For example, Ryan Murphy, have you seen the promo picture he released for the new American Horror Story season? Mm, oh, wait. Wasn't the new American Horror Movie... Uh, America, new... Uh, Sound it out. American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Is, is that the one that's supposed to be like the Are You Afraid of the Dark type of shit? No. no. Oh, that's something else. Okay. No. You're yeah. thinking of the Midnight Club that Mike Flanagan's coming out with next month on Netflix. I am looking forward to that. Yeah. Because it's it's got a couple of actors and actresses from Midnight Mass. I feel like they're trying to do a... Um, R-rated version of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But what is this new... uh, So Ryan Murphy posted on his Instagram yesterday. We're recording this on September 30th, which is a Friday. So yesterday, he posted this picture. Oh, wow. It's American Horror Story. Is that a Wendigo? I'm going to get into that. But it's essentially... It says American Horror Story New York City released October 19th on FX and Hulu. And from what Colin was saying, it I kind of got the impression that it was a Wendigo too because it the antlers. It looks like a sexy Wendigo, like an so, S&M Wendigo. I'm going to try to explain it to the best of my ability, but I'm not that great of painting word pictures. So here Can I, I go. Do it? Here I go. Huh. So it's a male figure, I'm assuming. He has spikes coming out of his legs and his shoulders, and he's sporting a pair of antlers with what looks like thorns coming out of it mm-hmm. and he's wearing like studded accessories like he's got a mask that's covered in studs and he's got like wristbands covered in studs and he's got a rib cage looking metallic uh breastplate on his chest and he's posed in almost a very sexual way but i i wouldn't know what yeah. classifies as sexual anymore anyway what do you think it Colin. just looks like a sexy Wendigo, hard body right there, little, like she said, little spikes coming out of, out of the person's body parts, legs, shoulders. Um, looks like a weird metal chest plate with a sexy, like, um, S&M, like, mask with a, yeah. looks like a little zipper, kind of, or something to 
pull open. Oh yeah, no, never mind. It's a dog collar. Yeah, it's giving me a couple different vibes. It's like Windigo meets S and M. Yeah, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. So it kind of makes me wonder what this story is going to be about because so far there hasn't really been a lot of media coverage on this season in terms of who's casted in this season and what the season's plot is going to be about. We just know that it's American Horror Story New York City released next month. And I gotta be honest, after last season, I want to be optimistic that Ryan Murphy is going to turn it around with these American Horror Story or Stories Mm -hmm. shows, but I don't know. I left off with Double Feature not really enjoying it all that much, as opposed to some of the other seasons. You didn't watch Double Feature with me, did you? No. Okay. I, I really am not a big fan of the American Horror Story stuff. I mean, there's some stuff that's good, but not everything. I thought Double Feature, for the most part, like, I think it could have been better if they had actually given themselves more time to explore the plots a little bit more. Because overall, I believe Double Feature was about eight or nine episodes long, and they had to break those up in between two different stories. And they focused the first five on Providence, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. and then... The second half was in Death Valley, which is four episodes long. That's really not a whole lot of time to, like, unpack what's happening in these seasons. So I didn't really like it all that much. But I will say, I think the first half of the season was a little bit darker than the second half. And then I think with the second half, if they had focused on whether the present or the past instead of both, they would have had a really compelling story either way. Because what happens in the second half in Death Valley in the desert, these kids go on a desert trip together and somewhere along the way they get abducted by aliens and when they're brought back, they are all of all of them, meaning two girls and two guys are all pregnant and they don't understand why or how. Okay, let's not explain all American Horror Story because literally we're just talking about the new one that's just coming out and we should talk about other ones, uh, other specials that are coming out. Yeah, today, like I said, we're recording this on November 30th, which means Hocus Pocus 2 by now has been released on Disney+. Everyone at work, my mom, everyone has been texting me being like, hey, have you seen Hocus Pocus 2? Guys, I'm at work. I can't watch it at my office. Like, literally, I have to wait all the way till I get home, do this episode, and go and watch Hocus Pocus. Yeah, but I had a so weird... I don't want to spoil it. I had a weird day. So, I'm not going to go into detail. I worked for a few hours, and then I took the rest of the day off to take a mental health day, because I kind of needed it. But I was cleaning for the most part, and I did not at once take a second to stop and watch TV. I was actually listening to podcasts, I was listening to music, I was actually listening to both Ice Nine Kill albums, The Silver Screams. Which, by the way, I am so glad that you showed me those Silver Screams 1 and 2, because literally I've listened to 2 a lot, the second one, but the first one's really fucking good. Yeah. Especially with the American Nightmare, the one about night, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and yeah, then the American Nightmare the American Nightmare and my f- top favorite it's been in my fucking head all day and last night Grave Mistake yeah from The Crow I like Love Bites actually it's funny that you said that because I did get like 80s like metal like ballad vibes from it but it was just not like what you thought like because you said it sounded like Love Bites and I listened to them and it's like it doesn't really sound like Love no, Bites by Def no, Leppard I didn't say that the song itself 
sounded like the song Love Bites by Def Leppard. I'm saying that it has the same Qualities. name. Oh. No, it has the same name as the song Love Bites by Def Leppard. Okay. I thought that part was interesting. That was interesting. Love Bites by Ice Nine Kills is inspired by American Werewolf in London. Mm-hmm. And I thought that even though it's not my favorite werewolf movie, it's more so Colin's favorite. I enjoyed that song quite a bit. Yeah. And... It's really pretty and melodic. It's and got a great story and narrative to it. Right, and I loved it. And I was listening to it today while I was cleaning, and I feel, I feel good. Like I got like a lot of stuff done at home, and I was very productive with myself. Yeah, we also watched the monsters. Oh uh, yeah, too. which a lot of people which, were asking me about too. Also, how do you feel about it? Well, you know, it's funny. I like it. I do mm-hmm. really like it a lot. You could tell it's definitely Rob Zombie's, like, you know, he put his mark on it. Yes. But I like how he wasn't, for once, making it, like, R-rated and super, like... Well, he couldn't. G- gory and all that shit. I mean, he could have, and everyone would have either liked it or super hated, but he didn't. He actually, but, instead, made it like the classic Monsters show. But the thing about it was, he had always wanted to do his own sort of, like, remake or reboot of the Monsters. But he didn't have the backing for it to be able to make it happen. So Universal fronted him with, like, the rights and stuff. But mm-hmm. I love the way he put it together. I've, As someone like myself who's never watched the Monster show, I thought this one was really well put together. I thought the set design and the costumes and the lighting was all just so really cool i even some of the humor made me laugh watching the movie and then it's usually like the really like kind of humor that you don't like the really like corny like campy humor but that's what made it so great yeah and then you and i liked a particular scene i think it was when lily went to actually go meet herman for the first time and he he was playing in a band (laughs) that looked Almost exactly so, how Grease Creepers So look. let me explain this. Okay. So we live in Rochester, and there's some, like, really great venues, and there's some hole-in-the-wall venues yes. that we played. And it looked like the place that they were playing at in the venue looks like one of the venues that we've played before. Which one? Uh, should I say it? Because is it I'm... Photo City Improv? No, not Photo okay. City. No, Photo City is really nice looking. I'm not going to say it, but if you all know since you've seen us play, then you know. Yeah, but here's the thing. I would have said the the set design for that particular scene in Munsters would have reminded me of either Photo City Improv or the Bug Jar. You know what? Yeah, I would say Bug Jar also. Yeah. So it does like Bug Jar is really nice looking, but the way that it looks like in the movie, it looks like this weird hole in the wall spooky place. When they introduce Herman Munster as a character, he's this Frankenstein-like creature who was built off of body parts of a deceased comedian. And I thought that that itself was interesting because even though when he was alive, he wasn't a successful comedian as a monster, he's actually very uh, famous and successful comedian. And even some of his jokes were like hilarious. Well, because the thing was... It's not usually my kind of humor, but I thought it was funny. Well, his character, like you said, you got body parts of a comedian, but they were trying to get the brain of his brother, who was a genius, but instead, once again, the servant made a huge mistake, as a thousand times before, Mm -hmm. and got the comedian's brain instead of the genius's brain, and that's how Herman Munster became Herman Munster. But I was also trying to say about the venue when I saw them play... I saw the stand-up bass player look just like freaking Ryan 
with if he had that really disgusting makeup, if he looked like that. Ryan's a really good makeup artist. I he's mean, really he's, good looking too. By the way, he's a musician. He's yeah. really cool at what he does. He's like my older brother. He's like a he's a musician. <laughs> he's a carpenter, but he's really good at makeup effects. Yes, and he's a sex god too. It's really cool. <laughs> like when he puts your guys' makeup together for certain shows it's really oh, yeah. cool to oh see. he made my face look like i remember one time like it was like latex and he looked like it was my face was ripped in like half so as we're talking about this and everything one other thing i'm super excited about seeing too is werewolf and uh, werewolf at night I thought it was Werewolf by Night. Well, Werewolf by Night is what they're kind of basing this. It's based off the comic, but the way that they're doing the show, they're kind of making, like, the, the director wanted to do a love letter for his growing up of watching Universal Monster movies of the 30s and 40s. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, the first monster movie that ever happened for Universal was in 1925 for Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. Which, that was, like, the big, huge thing that le- that led the other, like, Universal Monster movies to be this huge wave. Right. You know? And we were actually just watching last night, too, one of the Universal Monster movie sequels, Frankenstein Meets Wolfman. Okay, let me just talk about that really quick, because there was something go. about the plot of that movie that really confused the shit out of me. So, Frankenstein, the movie, the original, the one that we've all come to know as the most iconic Universal monster movie that Universal's ever put out, right? Mm-hmm. Explain to me this. So when Frank- Riddle me this. When Dr. Frankenstein was creating the monster, he hadn't even been married yet. He was about to get married to his fiance when he is suddenly attacked by his monster and he's lured or carried off to the ruins of his uh, lab and then they both perish in a fire. Meaning, meaning that Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein has died, his creature has also died, meaning his fiance never got married, right? Mm -hmm. How does Dr. Frankenstein have a daughter in her at least mid to late 20s? By the time Frankenstein meets the Wolfman comes out. Well, here's a theory that I was thinking. Okay. Because back in the day, they probably didn't really do a lot of usage of, like, especially in that time period, of condoms. And literally, Frankenstein must have had a fun night with his future wife and must have not know that he got her pregnant. So by the time that he passed away, she must have found out that she was pregnant with the baby. Wanted to tell him right away, but couldn't because he passed away. None and, of that makes sense. Well, this is around that around that time. Also, how long was it between the time that incident occurred in the movie to the time that uh, Lawrence Talbot and Maleva arrive at Frankenstein's town to find him, and they are informed that he's been dead? How long ago was that? I would say definitely a good amount of years, because since Lawrence Talbot was actually dead in a coffin in his own mausoleum for like four years or so yeah but that but i know prior to that that must have been years before that also okay yeah because and not everything is all in one day in these settings of these movies i know but nothing about that plot line made any fucking sense to me i was like wait a minute if she's his daughter how old is she because first of all they never gave any indication in that Frankenstein movie that he even had a daughter with anybody not even his fiance because she is his daughter she is the baroness of the Frankenstein manor which is 
no more, essentially. Yeah, especially and with that freaking uh, Niagara Falls shit. That makes me a little bit suspicious as to, like, what is what is happening here and who her real identity is. Because I do not think that Dr. Frankenstein is her daddy. So <laughs> Is her daddy. I don't believe that for one second. You don't think so? Universal dropped the ball there with well, that logic. I feel like even back then their plot holes weren't that great either, especially for sequels. It's like how certain things happened. Right. And those are the things that we've seen in the past like week or so, and they're very interesting stuff. And I definitely will want to talk a little bit more in depth about some of those movies that we Once we watch them, yes. Yeah. But for now, we're going to move on to the interview with our friend Carolyn Prevost. And again, we're very excited to have her on the show. And she's been a really good friend to us for many, many years. And we love her and adore her. And we were so glad that she agreed to participate on this week's episode. I have an idea for the episode name, but I had two ideas. Okay. Says, um, since um, the one I was thinking before is uh, what she thinks. What with, she thinks. What she thinks with Carolyn Prevost. Or since you said interview with Carolyn, I was like, because kind of sounds like an interview with a vampire. I was kind of saying an interview with a Prevost. Or interview an, with a friend. An interview with a friend. Ooh. There you go. Yeah, see? So it's kind of like a mock-off of like an interview with a vampire. Yeah. Except it's not a vampire. It's our friend, Carolyn Prevost. Our today's guest is Carolyn. Hello, y'all. How are you doing today? Doing really well. I'm so happy that we're doing this with you. Thank you for coming on to the show. Thank you, guys. This is everyone. This is the girl that I talk about on the show all the time. Mm-hmm. This is Carolyn Prevost. This is the one. I'm the one who texts him during to an episode, acting like we're having a conversation. Why'd you say this? Or like with the Adam Kramer episode, <laughs> I'm listening to you guys, and you mentioned Macaulay Culkin being a good kid, and I busted out laughing. <laughs> and I text Colin immediately. I'm like, that was a great pun. And he's like, thanks. And I, I, I didn't mean like, it. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> didn't mean it. Because I took it as a good, the good stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, psychological thriller, like, yeah, he's... Like, I know, and I didn't look at it until you told me that, and I'm just like, holy shit, I did a pun without even knowing, and I always do puns, so it's just like, it's in my, my, it's in my vernacular now. It's in, it's in my vocabulary. I really thought it was hilarious, like, out of nowhere, I was, like, at the gym listening to you guys like I usually do. So you're pumping iron, and you want, and you're listening to us doing horror podcasts. That sounds like a very Danzig thing for you to do. <laughs> It's actually really funny, too, because over the weekend, this was like, she's like, where, where can I listen to your guys' podcasts? And I'm like, well, we're on Spotify or Apple iTunes. And she hands me her phone. She's like, can you download those for me? <laughs> oh, that's I know. So I downloaded Spotify on her phone. I said, you're going to listen to the podcast? And she's like, well, I'm going to play it when I take my patients to therapy. So oh, she, ooh, yes. that's so, cool. So she works in the physical therapy department at her hospital. And her job is transporting patients from their rooms to physical therapy. And she said, sometimes we'll play podcasts or music in there. She's like, but I think it would be really fun if I like play you guys during yeah. physical therapy it's my daughter and son-in-law show well, oh yeah I, I thought that was really cute that she wanted to listen to the podcast that yeah. is though i know right that's and that's so cool at least your mom wants to listen to our podcast my mom doesn't give a shit my mom when you posted like oh we're about to go on air with carolyn my mom comes out of the other room and she goes oh, colin just posted that you guys are going on he posted it 13 minutes ago <laughs> oh my god 
Oh my god. And no, but I love your mom. Like seriously, she's like mom to me. Even though I have like one thousand three hundred and forty six mothers. You have a bunch of pseudo parents out in the world. Yeah, but it's okay. And even my mom even knows that. She's like, Why do you have so many other mothers besides me? I'm your real mother. <laughs> How far away is your mom? Uh she's about Florida. <laughs> right. Yeah. You need like a mom every in, house that you see. I need a mom in every state. And in yep. every household there is that every I know. Neighborhood, like, every neighborhood. Every neighborhood. You're like wow. Freddy like that. Like every town Wait. has an Elfreet. Like right. Every every town has a has a Collins mom. Yeah. <laughs> every town has a Freddy Krueger. Every town has a Collins mom. <laughs> it's funny too because this past week we were watching the new episode for 101 Scariest Moments of Horror on Shutter. Yeah. yeah. And Nightmare on Elm Street made number 50. It's in the top 50. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'm happy with that. Considering all the horror movies that there are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, did they include foreign movies too as well? Yeah. yeah. They, they do they everything. Talked about, yeah. Like, in this one, they talked about The Ring, or the original version of The Ring, and then... I think a while ago, they talked about Zombie 2, which is an Italian yeah. horror film. And they did Demons. And Demons, which from, I love. Yeah, Dario Gento's classic. Yeah. I yeah. know they're going to be doing Suspiria soon, but I feel like that's going to be more closer towards the top. Because that's like a top-notch like Italian horror at its best. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We were saying in our intro that when when we go to horror movies in the theaters, we almost always go with you to see horror movies, especially like within like the past I, two or three years. No, in the past seven years, I've seen tons of fucking <laughs> movies with you, from like kids' movies to horror movies <laughs> to Star Wars, Marvel. You know anything you yeah. name. I. You were the one that saw me cry when Han Solo died in The Force Awakens. I Spoiler did. Alert. Spoiler alert, seven years later. <laughs> and he turned to me, he goes, I don't cry. <laughs> I don't, I really don't. It was just that one moment, literally, Han Solo, my idol, died. <laughs> well, did you guys see Barbarian yet? No. no. We haven't. We'll have to go. Yeah. Wait, wait, uh, Conan? <laughs> Conan no. the Barbarian? No, it's that movie with Bill Skarsgård oh. and Justin Long. But you were telling me today, Colin, that they're making a Nosferatu remake. Yes, they are. They're making a Nosferatu remake with yeah. Bill Skarsgård as Nosferatu. I feel like I've heard about this, but I didn't know too much It was supposed it. to be like, two other people. I think Henry Styles was supposed to be the Nosferatu. But Styles? Yeah, I was going to say, isn't his name Harry Styles? <laughs> oh, well, I like Henry better. You're <laughs> like... Thank you for correcting me. But it's funny because, like, Don't Worry Darling also came out recently, too, right? Yeah. I know you and I, when we saw the trailer for it, when we went to go see Pearl, you were saying that a lot of critics were already giving it kind of crap reviews. Well, <laughs> Olivia Wilde, right? That's yeah. her name, yeah. Mm-hmm. Olivia Wilde. She's been, like, caught up in, like, all this drama surrounding it, like, with Shia LaBeouf and then, like, mm-hmm. the LaBeouf. main actress. Florence and, Pugh, yeah. Florence I mean, even Pugh? off the bat, like, oh, she left her husband to get with Harry, who replaced Shia LaBeouf. And, but the Shia LaBeouf stuff, it's like, he quit, but she claims he f- she fired him. And then he puts out evidence that he quit. And then she's still, like, going back, like, no, I fired. Like, who cares? Right. Like, honestly, who gives a like, shit? You're making a movie. Right. Right. Yeah. He didn't get along with the lead actress. Like, that's all you need to know. Right. <laughs> Why is it a big deal? I don't know if you've seen the new movie that he's coming out with. He plays an English officer or whatever with another officer. Like, he has a wife, but the other officer, they're all best friends. 
Like, there's him, a girl, and another guy. And they're all best friends for years. And then he marries the one girl. And then the other guy who's best friends with them is, like, deeply in love with Harry Styles' character. I don't remember what that is. I remember seeing a similar trailer that has, like, Christian Bale and, like, Chris Rock and Robert De Niro in it. And Yeah. <laughs> Chris Rock? Like, that detective huh. movie kind yeah. of thing. Like, where they're buddies from the war. And oh. Who was it? Margot Robbie's in it. Well, I didn't see that. I forgot what the name was, but it looked really intense. It's like Broke back mountain but set in england i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> yeah none of, none of what but you're saying the, makes sense colin i know but there it, <laughs> i forgot what the name of the movie is is this the harry styles podcast where we didn't talk about horror oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh damn did we just get burned <laughs> we should call this the harry styles podcast actually that would be great i don't We'd know probably get more viewers that way because everyone loves harry and not me i don't really yeah. I don't really follow Harry Styles too, mar- too much to find him interesting. But anyway, let's go. What we were talking about is horror. And <laughs> since this po- and since this podcast is about you, our special guest here, we actually called this episode an interview with a friend. Instead of interview with a vampire, it's called interview with a friend. I dig it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and speaking of that, what got you into horror growing up? Let- let's have the people know who you are and what you like. Okay. So, I guess it would... <laughs> my first experience with horror movies so i was three years old so like what year is this 1990 or something like that 1990 1991 no 1990 yeah <laughs> anyways i'm at my aunt's house in the basement because at all the family parties all the kids would hang out in the basement yep and i have older cousins and they had on freddy krueger nightmare on elm street the, the very first movie. one right yep yeah they had the first movie on i'm three years old wearing this white and blue polka dotted dress and i remember seeing freddy being so scared that I actually lifted my dress up to try to hide but i just saw him in blue like all it did was change the color <laughs> like but I- I feel like since that moment, ace that feeling of that utter terror that I felt at age three, like when seeing Freddy, like yeah, you couldn't get enough of it. Horror movies ever since, yeah, yeah. So That's cool. yeah, so uh, so since I've known you, you've always been such a big Freddy fan. Yeah, like yeah. you're such a Freddy fan that I was saying one time as a joke because I'm a troll like that in real life that I was saying that Freddy Krueger sucks. You smacked the shit out of me. I did. And literally, because I was just like, I was joking. I was just like, Freddy's not that great. He fucking sucks. And you're like, (laughs) and I felt the echo. Like, that's what it felt like. Not only the smack, but the feeling, but the echo with that. Oh, yeah. You you were so mad at me for like a hot minute. But but like That's... but like friends we we I was just like we're joking and we made up yeah yeah I mean even the slap was a joke but I mean <laughs> That's how I feel about Michael Myers like he's kind of like my go-to horror character that mm-hmm. I love so much and it's like partially the reason how and why I wanted to celebrate my bachelorette party the way I did right I mean it was fun yeah it, I think it was a great bachelorette party to be yeah. honest like why not like I again I love the movie going experience like yeah. going to a theater and like seeing a film like I love it it's my favorite like form of entertainment I guess you would say mm-hmm. like I prefer being in a theater than sitting home watching movies I mean I'll still sit at home and watch movies yeah yeah, I'd rather do that sometimes, rather be home and just watch the movie, because at least yeah. I'm not paying all this money to go to the theater, and if it sucks, I didn't regret it. <laughs> but at yeah. least I went and at least tried it out. Yeah, and there have been movies recently that we've seen like in theaters that were well worth the money, 
like when Kyle and I went to go see Black Phone, that was like one of those movies where it was so good. I don't know if it could get better or even worse, like, if you watched it on a regular screen at home. It, it had, like, a lot of impactful moments where, like, on a larger screen, it hits you and it, like, makes you jolt, but in, like, a good way. Yeah. I know a lot of people have mixed opinions about jump scares, where jump scares are becoming, like, too old. Like, cliche. Too, yeah, like, cliche. It's repetitive. Right. But I like jump scares, and I think the way that Black Phone did it was those right moments where when you think it's going to happen, because it, it knows how to build up those moments to make you think, like, oh, a jump scare's going to happen, and then when it passes and nothing happens, it's like you can, like, lean back and relax <laughs> yeah. a little bit, and then it hits with the jump scare, and then it throws you off, and it's so... it was so good. And I was like, oh, my God, that was a good fucking scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I think there's some movies that are, like, they're better to watch on a big screen like that as opposed to like a little screen. Right. I was going to say too, my favorite part, especially in phone booth, phone, phone booth, phone booth, not phone booth, <laughs> black phone. The scene where the kid is didn't want to go upstairs because the other kid told him not to because he's just sitting up there waiting for him. And they show the moment of him just sitting there in his chair with that mask on with his gut hanging out and just like the way he looks. That looks like me when I'm in the kitchen waiting for my dinner to be done. No, that looks like you every evening once you, you've seen it when Colin gets settled into like his seat and he's like yeah. starting to unwind and like and that shirt starts to ride up over his belly. That's kind of like what it looked like in that scene. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. But it's cool because I actually have the book with oh, the movie poster. Awesome. Oh, yeah. It's really cool because the mask design was designed by Tom Savini. I knew right. it! Yeah. And I was, like, so yeah. stoked because he's one of my favorite special effects makeup artists. And also, he's your uncle that you never had. No, he's not! Stop telling people that. <laughs> well, because the reason why I say this, because Tom Savini actually looks like one of Aaliyah's uncles. Okay, so did you know he runs a special effects makeup program? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right at, like, outside of Pittsburgh. Nice. Really? In Pittsburgh? He lives in Pittsburgh still. Like, he he's from Pittsburgh. He lives there still. Yeah, and you went to Pittsburgh, or you lived Sorry. in Pittsburgh for a while too, right? Yeah. Yo, and you yeah. never went to the school? What the hell, Carolyn? school where uh, George Romero had done a few lectures. Nice. Damn. Nice. Yeah. That's a plus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I never met him or anything. I know, but still. Imagine if you did. That would have been amazing. Oh. I, I know, right? I would hug it that would man in cool. a heartbeat. I'd be like... I don't know. Like, I feel like it'd be like one of those things you'd see him, and I feel like I would want to respect him too much to actually talk to him. Like, <laughs> Well, you want to know what's funny that you say that? Because our first Scarecon convention out in Verona, New York, it was your first time meeting David Naughton from American Werewolf in London, and you were so, so shy. You were so timid to go up to him, but you were just standing like five feet away from the table and you're looking like you're clinging I'm like on, I'm looking at him like oh my you're god you're holding honey, on to me and you're like, yeah you're like holding on to me like honey it's David Naughton he's right over there I'm like go say hi to him I'm like I'm like I wanted to go and then I walked the other way like I was almost there and then I and, walked the other way and you're, you're like where are you going right like it was really cool because we got to meet David Naughton Malcolm McDowell uh, yeah. Jonathan Breck who was the monster in Jeepers Creepers and I think, like, five of the cast members from Nightmare on Elm Street. Which one? Kincaid from Part 3. Amanda Weiss from Part 1. Lisa Zane from Freddy's Dead. And who else was there? 
Or was it just those um, three? No, no, no. Um, yeah, from Freddy's Dead, there was Amanda Weiss. Yeah, I said that. Which, by the way, I had a funny story about Amanda Weiss when I met her. I, it was like I didn't meet her, like walk up to her or anything. She walked up to me. It was so weird. It felt like a weird movie, but I just got the Freddy Garden Gnome, and there's like all these rays of people. So all of a sudden, in the middle of all these people, everyone parted ways, and all you could see in the middle was Amanda Weiss staring at me. It was like the crowd party, like the Red Sea, and she just yeah. came forward and she looked at Colin. She's like, "Is that a cookie jar?" Yeah. And he's like, no, it's a garden gnome. And, and she's she, like, can I take a picture? She's like, I want to send this to Robert. And I'm like, you mean Robert England? And she's, she's like, like, yeah, we're both besties still. I'm like, oh, oh. literally, I was like, I did that. Like, I choked in front of her. She's like, oh, my God, are you okay? I'm like, yes. I'm just shocked that you're really cool with Robert, which I'm not surprised. It was really cool because, like, we we went to that convention and we did the VIP pass and certain conventions will do that where like if you get a VIP ticket you'll get to do like really fun exclusive stuff so like the first night there there was a uh, what was it a VIP party yeah so like you get to go to this party on the first night and all the guests are there like all the oh celebrity my guests God, and everybody that was funny we, as fuck we go in and we go to the bar. And Courtney Gaines from Children of the Corn. And, Malachi. Yeah. And Jonathan Brecker there. And they're like, hey, we remember you. Because we like ran, we talked to them earlier. Yeah. And they're like, how are you guys doing? And I'm like, we're doing good. They're like, how's your first day at the convention so far? And I'm like, it's awesome. I'm like, like it's we're fucking, fucking cool. loving it, man. And right. so I love that I'm hanging out with these two. We're having drinks oh with the two of them. Eventually, like, we parted ways so they can go mingle. Yeah, with other and people, yeah. We we kind of, like, turned. Like, we literally were, from where we stood, we turned around and this lady at, like, one of the high top tables, she waves at us and, like, waves us over. I'm like, oh, my God, that's and the I'm woman like, from uh, night, uh, from Friday the 13th, Part 7. Yes. Yeah, the lady who's with the telekinesis mind in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. she with her telekinesis, she told us to come over. But she... <laughs> I'm gonna look her name up. You you talk about that experience. Oh, she was wonderful. Like we were walking so by, friendly. and she was just like, "Hey, you guys want to come over and talk?" And we're like, oh, "You want to talk to us?" Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like in my mind, I'm like she wants to talk to us. I know she and was so friendly, and I was, was really nice. She was so funny and so cool. Lar Park Lincoln was the woman who waved us over. She's I, my favorite. I was Lincoln. trying to remember her name because I'm like, I know it's like one of those three name things. Yeah, but yeah. just Terry, like how almost every '80s movie was. Terry Kaiser was there also. Yes, which by the way, Terry Kaiser reminded me of my uncle because he was very affectionate, and very touchy. So when he, oh when <laughs> That's he was so creepy, yeah. Well, not, not, not like that, but you know what I mean. Very eccentric, very nice man. See, the only convention I ever went to, like, you had, like, a few people there, like, that were known. I mean, uh, I'm going to butcher the name. Uh, <laughs> Felicia Rose or? Yeah, Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp. Felicia. Yeah, yeah. Felicia. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I said I was going to butcher it. I know. But she was there, and like a bunch of other people were. But I walked around, and I was like, they're too busy to talk to me. <laughs> you know, like I didn't even bother. Like it was so bad. But like I really want to go to a convention. That's the only one I tried to go to. You can come with us if we ever want to go to another convention. I want to go to Monster Mania so bad. Yo, yes, that sounds amazing. 
my friend Matt in Pittsburgh, he's always going, like, all over to different conventions, and he's always telling me about stuff. He's bought me a few things, like, and sent them this way, and it's funny, because he bought me a Fright Rags, uh, like, some stuff from Fright Rags, and sent it to me, and I'm like, you yeah. realize that's a Rochester company, right? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, which we are sponsored by them. Monster Mania is one of the conventions I'm going to try to get us into next year year because yeah. like because they do a lot of podcast people well because my plan for next year is to like reach out to all these different convention people and see if we yeah. can get our podcast on that circuit mm-hmm. and i know that this past year i think it was ice nine kills did their first silver screen convention and yeah. it was really big turnout and they had a lot of great guests there and if they do another one next year i want to get on that one because it looked so cool this year and they're coming to rochester and i want to go see them it's great <laughs> but i do have a question this, carolyn okay i have an answer yes do you have an answer because i might this would be a really good one if you had to like way before you were born if you had to go back in time way before you're born to go to the movie theaters to see a movie that you've always loved that you wanted to see when it first came out what would it be when it first came out let's see yeah like a horror movie that was before you were born and you go to the movies to see it because people have always talked about seeing these movies back in the day and had this great experience okay i'm gonna name what i want to see but then i'm gonna name a film that another movie makes me want to see (laughs) okay yeah go ahead so the movie I would want to see, like firsthand, would be Creature from Black Lagoon. Yeah. Yes. And with that, actually, that movie holds a special place in my heart because I used to like go over to my grandparents all the time, and I remember watching it with my grandma when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and like so it's like I associate that with like you know good times at grandma's house, like Aww. watching old horror movies on TV. <laughs> In the original It, when uh, they go see the, what is it, the Wolfman? Oh, the I Was a Teenage Werewolf. Yeah, yeah, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. I want to go see, like, a werewolf-themed movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> essentially, like, in an old-school theater like that. Like, that just looks so cool. Like, yeah. Like, because I was thinking, it's, yeah, go ahead, honey, sorry. It's funny, because, like, I went to see the Wolfman remake when it came out, I think, in 2010. And I thought that was pretty good. Even though I haven't seen the original at that time, I have now. And I think it's pretty cool. But I saw that when it came out in theaters. Oh yeah, going back to that countdown we were talking about on Shudder. They just mentioned one of the moments that they talked about was the hollowing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and the memory. effects in that one were really cool and creepy. And then um, the, I think the moment that they talk about was like, I think the moment in the beginning where the girl is like going through the office files and... She yeah. comes across that werewolf and he just like smacks her around in that Yeah, that office. was in the middle of the movie, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, not in the beginning. The beginning was her going to the porno shop to meet with the creep. But for me, oh. I would have to say for myself, if I had to choose, go back in time to um, go see a movie and everything, especially mm-hmm. back in the day, I would say I would like to go back to the 20s, to the 1920s, especially for silent films of the day, oh. like and watching those horror movies in the theater that had to be fun, especially watching those, because yeah. that's when the first time they were watching movies like that. If I could watch The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari or Nosferatu or even Phantom of the Opera in those in that day, I'd be the happiest guy in the world. Dude, Phantom of the Opera. Like, I just, 
I'm so upset that they finally took down, like, that, like, Hollywood lot of Phantom of the Opera. Like, they had it up until, like, recently. Really? Like, and a lot of other films have reused the theater set from Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. And apparently it was haunted. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Really? I want to go now. Damn. Did Hollywood, like, sound, or not sound set, but, like, yeah. It's the ghost of Lon Chaney just telling you how to do the makeup properly. <laughs> But they did finally, like, tear it down, which... Ah, oh, son yeah. of a bitch. I wish I could have, like, gone to it and just seen it. Like, this is why... Cool. Yeah, this is why we can't have nice things. Honestly. Like, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, speaking of universal monsters, you have universal monster tattoos. I know we both, us as friends, we've all seen those. Right. Uh, <laughs> could you list for our audience, like, which ones you have? For people that don't know, what do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the first one that I got, they were all by... A local tattoo artist, Dan Ross. Oh my! Really, Dan? <laughs> yeah. No yeah. shit. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> so he, in I think it was 2010, I got Dracula. Ah. That's my first one. Um, and then I got Frankenstein. Nice. And then actually, most recently, like when I get tattoos, like I don't get a lot at once. Like it's been a very drawn out process. I wish I had the money to get more quicker and everything, but it yeah. is what it is. We're getting new um, tattoos tomorrow. Well in the next couple weeks. Well, I am. Yeah. I'm I'm getting uh-huh. Colin and I are getting couples tattoos. Well we told you but for yeah. our audience we're getting yeah. a couple's tattoo. I'm gonna get the bride of Frankenstein and he's getting the Frankenstein monster on his arm. And that way, like, if we're standing side by side, we're going to be facing, they're going to be facing each other. Ryan made a joke about that because he was saying that if we're in a fight, he'll know because I'm on the other side of her. So our tattoos we'll be, are not together. Okay, we'll be standing on opposite sides where they're facing away from each other. He'll be like, oh, they're fighting today. Oh, no. What's wrong? <laughs> Oh, and then my third is the creature oh. from the Black Lagoon. Just to throw that in there. Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> then I do also have my Jason tattoo that I got in Pittsburgh. Fuck for, yeah. It was like the most recent time that I moved down there. And like I had no friends and it was Halloween. So I'm like, Aww. I'm going to go to the tattoo shop. <laughs> Sad time for like to not have friends on Halloween. God damn. So I got the Jason mask and then I got Darth Vader and a dream catcher <laughs> that's my other one I got like a haunted camera with the Beetlejuice ghost in it like, oh I love oh, that shit. wait you got that when'd you get that <laughs> but uh Sam Ricky's <gasps> wife you was, got that recently um it was probably around March or so you never okay. told me you got that <laughs> that's really cute though I like that yeah and then like my that's- so these are all on like my quote unquote horror arm, which is my right arm. Oh. <laughs> I have Lenore. Yep, I always love that one, the coffin yeah, one. For the cute little dead girl. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> that's there's nothing cuter than a dead girl, like in a coffin, <laughs> little girl. Yeah. Which me and Carlos were talking about that recently, talking about how Halloween is now be like so cute. And, like, you got these cute things because Krista's got like these t shirts with like pumpkins and little kitties on them and they look so cute and precious i'm like when did halloween become so safe i think there's two types of people who enjoy halloween in different ways there's ones who really enjoy the horror of halloween and then there's people who enjoy like the spoopy of halloween like they like the cute safe fall stuff like pumpkins and pumpkin spice 
and all that stuff. I love it all. Actually, yeah. I'm a mixture of the both. Everything. I love the horror and the scariness, but I also love the cuteness and the pumpkin spice. <laughs> like, yes, give me some apple cider and send me on a hayride to get spooked. I am okay with that. Yeah, I, I grew up with all that, so yes. I haven't exactly. been on a hayride in a long time. Me either. I haven't been on it. Actually, the last time I went on a hayride was with you and Madeline. Oh, really? Madeline? Yeah, Madeline Meadows. Remember? <laughs> Madeline DeWaters, or her name is Meadows now. You know, oh, the, like the Greater Rochester Haunted Hayride yep, or whatever. That's yeah. the last time I ever went on one, because of you. <laughs> You're welcome. Now we have to do it again. I, I need to go on like a hayride or a haunted house or something. Yo, like. you want to? I'll be down. Like, seriously, we're making plans <laughs> as we're doing a show right now. So our audience are seeing us <laughs> making plans. Yes. Well, your audience will know where to go meet you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Colin's there? Okay, I, let's go. <laughs> I did have a couple of questions I was thinking about. So your mom, your son Kian yeah. is two. Yes. Have you played him anything that is like... Spoopy? He has not seen any horror movies yet, but he has seen Blame. the Halloween-themed Mickey Mouse like specials and everything like that. Ooh. Right. <laughs> and me and his father... Um, have discussed, like, because there's a whole, like, you know, genre of kids' horror movies, essentially. Right. Discussing, like, almost the psycho like, psychology behind, like, what makes a good kids' horror film. Mm-hmm. Like, where that does introduce you to monsters, but it's not, like... In a good sense. So you do, so you do like, get used to almost, like, the creepiness of them. But it's not malicious. Like, because, I mean, I feel like we were all introduced to, like, you know, monsters, like, at a young age. And it's like, okay. And then it gradually got scarier and scarier. Man, my life was scary to begin with. It's funny that you say that, too, because, like, growing up, my, my extended family, as far as, like, cousins go, my sister and I were the youngest two girls of a sea of male cousins all yeah. ranging between the ages of like 19 to 13 and then my sister and I being like Just like yes. 10 and 7 they would scare the crap out of us all the time and they would make references that I didn't know oh. anything about so when they would say like Michael Myers I had no idea oh. who that was I knew who Mike Myers was the actor <laughs> but I didn't know who Michael Myers was <laughs> and it wasn't until I was like older and I saw Halloween and I was like oh okay <laughs> But it's funny, too, because when I think of my first intro to horror, Mm -hmm. I think of, like, how you said when you would go to, like, family gatherings and all your cousins would gather in one room of the house and watch a horror movie. I walked in on my cousins one time watching Child's Play 2, and it was the scene where Andy and Kyle are in the good guy warehouse, and they're hiding from Chucky, yeah. And they and they go up that little conveyor belt ramp thing, and Andy slides back down, and Chucky pops up at the bottom, and it scared the shit out of me. Right. And absolutely. I had nightmares for a good while, but that was like my first kind of like intro. No, yeah. I used to, I've had nightmares with that exact scene in it. Like I remember as a kid, like dreaming about like how scary that scene in Child's Play Two is. Yes. You want to know what my funniest like horror movie dream has been? What's that? Okay, so when I I used to have two types of horror dreams consistently, like in high school, mm-hmm. it would either be zombie dreams or Freddy Krueger dreams. Okay, one of the dreams that I had it involved Freddy Krueger, a local Brockport high school band by the name of Johnny Action. That's not 
even a thing anymore, obviously, because it was like 2001. Wow. Um, but we were in a maze and Freddy's chasing us and I give up. I just give up. And he kills me, but he brings me back and he goes, that was too easy. It's not like he brought me back because I just gave up and like was like, OK, here, kill me. And I wasn't fighting back. So in my dream, he's like, no, that's not how this works. Like you have to That's like some reverse psychology shit i've had moments like that where something is chasing me and i just i give up because a i know it's a dream and if they get me and try to kill me i'm gonna wake up yeah but it's just interesting that that happens in your dream and it's like he's like nope i don't i can't accept that i need this is not good enough all right yeah it's like unacceptable you're you're too easy I had an interesting question because, like, a couple weeks ago, we did uh, Nightmare for Christmas Trivial Pursuit. Oh, God. Yeah. Is that something you would ever introduce Key into? Maybe when he's, like, a I, little bit older? Oh, I feel like I'd introduce it to him now. Like, even... You with, should now. Like, like, Hocus Pocus, I was just on Wait. Disney Plus, like, right before I jumped on this call. And I saw that Hocus Pocus 2 is already uploaded on there. And I was like, yeah. oh! Yeah, everyone's been texting me all day. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Did you guys see it yet? No. no. We haven't yet. Everyone's been texting me all day at work being like, are you going to watch it? I'm like, I'm at work. I can't watch it right now. But I feel like my, like, a movie that's like Hocus Pocus to me would be Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes. Thank like, you. That is the movie I have to watch every quote-unquote spooky season like, yep right that, I, like nothing kicks off halloween like Ernest. <laughs> i actually i have a movie that i'm actually going to kick off halloween with which i thought would be yeah. really cool i wanted to save it i did try to watch it but i was like nah i think i'm gonna save it for like tomorrow or something it's the lady in white oh yeah okay yeah yeah which i know it's like it's not like kids but it's like it's like a kid but it's also like horror too and it's just like it's scary, but it involves like this kid. And it looks like a kid-friendly, you know, family movie, but it's not. I think for the time that it was released, it may have been more kid-friendly then. But it's a little well, extreme. I mean, yeah, like I made Colin watch The Willies, which is a kids horror movie. Yep, he uh, hated it. Uh huh. Uh huh. I hate it. Hey, like, but you know, out of the Sean Astin movies, uh, that is the greatest one I think he's ever made. That one should have won an Oscar. Like, seriously. Exactly. It had donkey lips from Salute Your Shorts. (laughs) Yes, donkey lips. I love donkey lips. He made a good performance in that movie. Right. You know, it was a it's fucking such sucky a good, movie. Like, I feel like that's a great kids horror. And you know yeah. what? And the great fourth wall about that or reference was like when they were talking about him about the Goonies. Right. Uh, oh, you're not going to tell us about how you and your friends found that pirate ship in the cave again, are you? And he basically <laughs> kind of gave like this look at them being like, seriously? <laughs> I feel like that was improvised. I feel like that was probably improvised. Uh, rewatching that as an adult, that's like my favorite part. <laughs> Well, the thing is, too, Colin, you got to think, like, as people who, like, love horror movies, we watch horror movies all season, like, not all season, but all year long. Yeah. Right. Like I do, yeah. This is the time for us to kind of revert back to kids. I will say, you know what was my favorite movie that I like to watch that I am actually going to plan to watch, too? Especially, kind of, it used to kick off my horror season. Mm. You ever watch the cartoon, The Halloween Tree? No. I, I never heard of it either. The, ha- the Halloween Tree is a Hanna-Barbera Hanna made-for-TV sh- um, uh, movie that they premiered yeah. in Halloween of 1993. And it starred Leonard, Leonard Nimoy, who played the um, 
played the guy who kind of takes the children to all around the world to show them different types of like like ways of how people celebrate halloween and it's so cool i mean i loved it it was so it's so funny but it was like at the time when i was a kid i thought it was creepy all right hypothetical question for the two of you guys maybe all right oh you have a hypothetical kid in this situation i know i know you guys don't want kids. I told you this. What age? What age would you introduce them to a horror movie, and what film would it be? Aaliyah first. Yes, thank you. Because <laughs> I knew Colin was going to jump right into it, but I think kind of like what you're doing with Kian, you're starting them out with kid-friendly Halloween-themed stuff. I think once they get a little bit older to understanding certain messages behind the plots of these things, there's a bunch of stuff on Disney Plus that for me were stuff that I was watching that were kid friendly like Halloween Town is one of yeah. them uh, Nightmare for Christmas and Under Hocus Ra- Pocus Under Wraps Under Wraps is another one <laughs> but it, it they're like they're Halloween themed movies that are not too scary but they have like scary themes yeah. But they're fun. They're like fun for kids and stuff. And then I think from there, as they get a little bit older, I like to think of this as almost like a cinematic experiment where you mm. introduce them to like the earliest horror films and then work your way through. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at least like even with like the Universal horror movie monsters, like for what they were, they're horror movies. But I think when we watch them, we're not as horrified right because like, we're kind of introduced to a more gory type of horror film earlier right so we'll go back to watch them we're comparing it to more modern lens right and i think with the universal like there's not a whole lot of gore to it so it's just that perfect amount of like it's hoary it, well it's it's <laughs> yes <laughs> Do not edit that out do not do not this is a non-edit episode <laughs> Oh my! Very. Th- I want them to be hoary as possible. No, it's horror and theme and tone, but it's not like graphic to the point where it's gonna traumatize like the Saw right. franchise. I wouldn't introduce that to them until like much later in life. When they're eighteen. But, no, like start from like the earlier stuff and then work your way through. Yes. Yeah, because, like, even, like, some of, like, the 80s slashers, they're terrifying, and some of them can be pretty gory, but, mm-hmm. but like, Halloween for me, when I watched it as a teenager, again, it's universal. It was hor- it was horrific in theme, but not too much in gore. Like, they had right. kill scenes that were on screen, but nothing too brutal, like the newer Halloweens that we see today. Mm-hmm. Those are graphic, and those are ones that I would wait until later on in life and see like how well can you handle this before i start introducing you to the more adult stuff yeah definitely right Alan. hi so (laughs) this has been a great conversation like literally this is awesome but no um i agree with uh leah a lot especially with you know not like you know introduce them to like the nicer stuff too especially when you're a kid like for me i would introduce it do introduce our kids to the stuff like how I was growing when I was a little kid. I watched like Mr. Boogity. I watched freaking uh, Disney's Halloween that came out in 1984, which I was like, they had like a little special of clips from like different like um, ho- like horror made cartoon episodes of like Disney and stuff. Like when they were doing like the ghosts, like the ghost uh, inve- uh, inspectors uh, episode. 
and they had the three ghosts, and it was basically them scaring the hell out of, like, Goofy and Donald and Mickey, like, stuff like yeah. that. Right. And yeah. also, um, yeah, like, the Halloween tree, Mr. Boogity. I um, almost it, thought you were going to say, like, maybe throw in some little treehouse of horrors here and there. Little treehouse of horrors would be very yeah. good for the kiddos. I think that would be great. Every I mean, year he puts it on. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, and I'm actually super excited that I get to put it on now. <laughs> and, uh, no, that and also Mr. Boogity... Return to Oz, maybe not, maybe not that one, because I watched that as a kid and I found that fucking horrifying. But literally, just stuff like that. And then when I got into more of the horror stuff, it was the Universal Monsters. That was my first introduction into horror. And that was not that bad either, because with that stuff, it's just like, kind of like Child's Play. Not Child's Play the movie, but kind of like in general of all the things. Like, you know, it's like, not really jump scares, it's not really gory. It's just basically this gothic macabre type of like eeriness, the feel of it. That's yeah. what. And yeah. also maybe Monster Squad too, but I think that's for them a little bit when they're like nine or ten. I feel like if if you were to do that at that age, you would not only jump into Monster Squad, you'd also jump into the Goonies and Lost Boys and yeah. those types of movies. Yeah, I mean, if they want to know what sexuality is, and yes, watch The Lost Boys for Interview with a Vampire. That's like when they're teenagers. I'd rather have them watch it when it's that age. Teenagers or preteens, like... Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Preteens... <laughs> hey, that's when I first watched it. You well, know. preteens are like... If you were to show movies like that as preteens when puberty is kind of like... Raging. Right? Yeah, well, so watch like, Lost Boys then. Yeah, like, shit. Because <laughs> those guys are very hormonal in that movie. Then that was a coming of age for those kids, too, because it's about these young teenage vampires meeting these kids who are going through a phase which seems so angsty and confusing, especially with their mom getting a divorce. I was going to say, coming of age stories, yes, but plots that are fueled by hormones and rage, I don't... And vampires and sex, yeah. I feel like those two are completely separate. Yeah, that, I know, but still. I feel like but, I might let, like, Ken watch, like, What We Do in the Shadows before we lost. Yo, yes, oh my god, you're the best mom ever. Why, why weren't you my mom, and why didn't What We Do in the Shadows come out when I was a kid? Come on. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd been so cool. Can you imagine mm-hmm. that? Oh my god. That would have been amazing. Tom Cruise in uh, What We Do as the Shadows back in, like, 94. <laughs> but at the time, he did an interview with a vampire, so he can't be a vampire twice. Right. So, yeah. But, no, but, like, with those type of movies, like the kid movies, the like kid horror stuff, I would definitely introduce them, especially Goosebumps. That oh, was, yeah. Yeah, because that was the stuff oh, I got yeah. introduced to when I was, like, six, seven, eight, stuff like that. Yeah, that was like the Universal or... Monsters, Goosebumps, right. all that stuff. Like, I was basically an old man in a young kid's age of seeing all that old stuff. Right. And I didn't even think about the Goosebumps ones either because that was, for for me as a kid, that was kind of like the first horror-themed content I would watch regularly. Yeah. Um, Because my mom used to work, and I I don't know if I've talked about this story before in the podcast, but my mom used to work for a video rental store. So my mom used to work at a video rental store, and every week my dad would take my sister and I over every Friday and was like, okay, pick out a couple movies you want to rent for the weekend. And at the time, they actually had the Goosebumps specials on VHS, but they only had like a selected amount. So we would like grab a Goosebumps movie, and then we would grab a Disney movie, and then that would be our two movies for the weekend. And the one that, I was telling Colin about this the other day, the one that like really sticks with me that was really, really terrifying was 
the haunted mask. Yes, that's my that was my first too. The, why the scene? Who where said why? Beth, Carly Beth. The, the, that scene in particular where she goes back to the Halloween store or the costume store. And she can't get the mask off, and those masks start floating and like calling out to her. Like right. that scene freaked me out as a kid. Yo, if we had a daughter, her name could be Carly Beth. No, <laughs> no, thank you. Well, for I guess for me, like the first horror theme show was "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" Yes, like, mine too. I mean, yeah, like and they even had like an episode that only really aired once when it was playing, yeah. and then they like refused to show reruns of it because it was so scary yeah a lot of them were like that you know? well, there was a few i guess i mean there was a lot that they would replay but there's definitely a few that stick with you that you're like i've never seen that after the first showing of yeah <laughs> right? i remember a lot of them too because we were watching it the other night and there were some episodes i was watching that i grew up with and i was seeing again i never thought i've ever seen them again but it was just so yeah. amazing just watching these things and just thinking of the memories when you come home from school and you like get done with your homework and you had time and you go over to watch Are You Fair of the Dark? And like <laughs> that was that was that for me and I loved it so much. Yeah. Hi, due to this episode being too long than usual, we are going to be doing a two-parter series for this episode. Yep, so part one is about an hour and some odd minutes long and then the rest of it will be released next Sunday, October 8th, I believe. Eighth yeah. or ninth? Yeah. Yep. That's when my mother will be in town. So yes, it'll be on uh, October 9th. Yep. So look forward to the second episode. We haven't done a two-parter in a while, but we had such a great conversation with Carolyn during this interview that it was just not possible to fit it all into one episode. I think we had over three hours of we recordings. Have. Yeah, three yes. hours of recordings. And no one's not going to listen to a whole three-hour recording, honestly. So that's yeah. why I thought we'd do this as a two-parter series. Yeah. So yes, other than that... Um, just stay tuned to the next episode and hope we you would like to thank Carolyn again for participating in this week's and next week's episode. Yep. And we're super happy, super happy that she came on board to, with us to talk about this. And I feel like you might hear her a little more in the future. Who knows? Cause I feel like she is practically part of the part of the show. Yep. So other than that, I hope you all enjoyed this uh, week's episode and enjoy the week after that. Yep. Other than that, this is Colin and Elias signing off saying see you to the next episode. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost our show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok.